Hi, welcome to Two Truths and a Dirty Lie, a podcast about facts, figures, and weird things from the past. I'm your host, Dez, and I'm here with my co-host, Timmy Tayo, TMT. TMT. You're nasty. Oh. oh my gosh. Well, well, well. You know, I always do this intro of facts, figures, and weird things from the past, and I'm like, I haven't hit you guys with the weird things that I know. And I think it's because I was shy. But now we're 10 episodes in and I'm like, let me just be myself. Okay. Like, Tim said, you just say, mm, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> so, you guys, have you guys ever just thought, like, you're a weirdo? You're a secret weirdo and everyone around you just doesn't understand you? Well, sometimes I feel like that because I have too much time to think. And so to make myself feel <laughs> normal, I Google, you know, just weird people from history. But when I say weird, like, I don't want to put myself and these people in the same boots. To be fair, I should not have started off like this. Because mm-hmm. I'm talking about some really tapped individuals. Tapped is um, slang for insane, by the way. Timothy, I'm not going to lie. There's no way to preface this episode like i can't even give you guys any background the only thing these people have in common is that they are tapped they're yeah. from different centuries and uh, they're from different places in the world and they're all tapped in their own unique way <sighs> let's get into it let's get into it if you're eating you might want to put your food down today's facts number one Terrare was a French showman and soldier noted for his unusual appetite and eating habits. It was said that he could eat anything, including a live eel. And doctors who were trying to cure him kicked him out of a hospital after he ate a 14-month-old baby. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what year was this? 1842, <laughs> you said? No, I actually did not give the okay. year. I don't know why my, my head went to 1842. Tarari the Freak is an 18th century Frenchman. It was going to be the 18th century. Single-handedly the worst century for just human <laughs> people just exploring... <laughs> Uh, peculiarities. He was born around 1772. Um, Mary Toft was a British peasant girl who in 1726 became the subject of considerable controversy when she tricked doctors, including the surgeon to the King George I, into believing that she had given birth to rabbits multiple times. Because, you know, rabbits do have a lot of babies so I, f- I imagine she just couldn't give birth to one, one rabbit, rabbit no. <laughs> she had to, to push out a litter yeah um like actually she pushed out uh, rabbits so that means she had put in a rabbit well i might be lying uh, you know this might be a lie yeah okay, <laughs> she, okay. Moved, she moved to the third fact yes please you see why I say you shouldn't eat like what yeah, this episode is. This is this is a lot. It's a lot. Um, Caligula, or actually, let me use his government name, Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus, better known by his nickname 
Caligula was a Roman emperor. I love that name, Caligula, by the way. It's just something mm. sweet about it. It just rolls off the tongue. Who once declared war on the air and just took his uh, soldiers outside and just said they should fight? He was known as the Mad Emperor. Mm-hmm. So he no, just, yeah, he mm-hmm. declared battle on the skies and the god of the skies. Yes, Jupiter. You're the one who knows Greek god stuff. You know, you know, I know nothing about. I mean, this is Roman mythology. But Sorry, Roman. Okay, you you see, I know nothing about white people's people. <laughs> I do know like Thor and Loki. What's that? That's that's Norse. Thank you. I was about to be wrong again. (laughs) (laughs) I know some Norse mythology because I I love superhero movies. There you go. So Marvel made me have to go and learn (laughs) these things. Um, Yeah, man. Multiverse of madness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Which one do you think is a lie? A Tarara eating a 14-month-old child. Mary Toft convincing people she had birthed rabbits from her vagine. Yeah. Can, can I say that word? Yeah, Is yeah. that clean? No, her vagina. Uh, okay. And Caligula declaring war on the sky. Just, you know, bad weather, man. Just fight the clouds. It's hard to say. Um, I know the Caligula one was definitely true he's very much remembered as an insane tyrant fair and his assassination wasn't um, cute one it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't divisive mm-hmm. everyone was pretty everyone was like you know, like oh yeah yeah he, he kind of had to go he was 28 he was healthy and they couldn't take another decade or two of his antics so um it was it was fair it was fair to have killed him at the time. Um, I think the rabbit one is the lie because it's just so hard to execute. I mean, it's possible, but it's hard. So let's go with that. Okay, you're wrong. I'm so upset that I'm wrong, but not because I lost the game. Well, why? Because the Caligula. It, it means it happened. okay well let's go first with the lie which is caligula yeah let's let's get the lie out of the way caligula who was named after gaius julius caesar a famous caesar (laughs) Mm -hmm. i would say um was part of the julio claudian dynasty in the roman empire that was brought down by another crazy empire um emperor nero Nero was, Nero was his nephew. I, the word crazy doesn't really... I feel like it infantilizes Nero. He was <laughs> a very mean person. Um. Okay, he definitely inherited it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... I think this family was not normal. So, Caligula becomes emperor when um, his uncle Tiberius dies. Yeah. Before Tiberius had died, he had kind of just gone to exile in Capri. Do you know what Tiberius was doing in Capri? Um, not working on his tan, I imagine. So Tiberius was in Capri living what can only be described as a sexually perverse life, including child molestation and cruelty. Right. And he was... um highly highly paranoid which is why he had moved to capri instead of uh, be emperor 
because he didn't want to be killed or something he was quite paranoid he used to surround himself with boys who he called his little fish and go swimming naked with these little boys and um well yeah but that is the uncle that caligula takes the throne from Caligula was described by Seneca the Younger and Philo of Alexandria as an insane emperor who was self-absorbed, short-tempered, killed on a whim, and indulged in too much spending and sex. He was accused of sleeping with other men's wives and bragging about it, or killing for mere amusement. He was said to take the wives of some senators and make them his concubines. He was also rumoured to, at one time, he was presiding over some games. And he was said to have ordered his guards to throw an entire section of the audience into the arena during the intermission to be eaten by wild beasts because there were no prisoners to be used and he was bored. So that is the level of madness we're talking here. Yeah. I understand why you think he declared war on the sky. He was accused of incest with his sisters. Drusilla. Yeah, uh, Agrippina the Younger, Drusilla, and Livilla. And he was also accused of having an affair with his brother-in-law, Marcus Lepidus. He he once killed one of his deputies because his deputy kept taking um, an antidote to poison that Caligula was said to use. So he killed him. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, this is not a normal person. I mean, none of them are. They said that he basically turned the palace into a brothel. And most famously, planned to or promised to make his horse a consul, which was the most powerful position after him in Rome. And he used to dress himself up as like a god and like not as an emperor. And he appointed a priest to serve him. Apparently, some of these things might be over blown out of proportion because obviously a lot of the writings about him come from people who did not like him. But let's talk about the day Caligula declared war on the sea. Poseidon. Oh, I guess Poseidon would be Neptune. So yeah, Neptune. Neptune. You're right. Yeah. How do you know this? It's Jupiter is Zeus. Neptune is Poseidon. Hades is Pluto. You might as well be speaking Spanish. I do know some of these things because yeah. I know. You know Greeks, Romans are descend, like, from Greek. Descendants of no, Greece. that's not why I know it. I know it because I know my star sign. <laughs> yeah. And I know Venus is supposed to be about love. Yeah. Because my Venus is in Gemini. Then Mars is about war. Yeah, Mars is Aries. Mercury is Hermes. Oh, what? I used to Aries is a star sign about people who are born in March. That's what me I know. That's interesting. <laughs> Timtai looks so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Timtai, I even know your star sign. Well, and I'm yeah. I don't actually don't know my star sign exactly because you're a cusp baby. You see, twenty yeah. first. Sorry. Okay, let's go back to this. <laughs> so you said about how they assassinated Caligula. They obviously chopped him off, um, and then they even killed his wife and his baby daughter because they wanted to rid Rome of his bloodline. Yeah, because they thought he was just yeah yeah. Um, one of the senators who assassinated him was personally aggrieved, Cassius Carrier because uh, Caligula used to make fun of him for being effeminate quite often in public. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't. He was 29. Like, he ruled for only three years. He did all these things in a three-year period. Yeah, he was really bad. I mean, you know, you would think that's impressive. Look at what Buhari's done in four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, In 40 CE, Setunius uh, wrote, Caligula declared war on the sea. And as if resolved to wage war, he drew up his army onto the shore of the ocean in the English Channel in modern-day northern France with all his ballistas and other war machines. No one could imagine what he intended to do. And he suddenly commanded them to gather up seashells and fill their helmets and the folds of their tunic with seashells, calling them the spoils of the sea. Wow. <laughs> He declared he had defeated the sea. As a monument to his success, he erected a lighthouse. Upon which, as the pharaoh of Alexandria, he ordered lights to be burned in the life in the night time. Mm. The third century historian Cassius Dio goes even further. He reports that Caligula sailed out into the sea for a short while. Before returning to shore, climbing a platform, sounding the battle trumpets, and then ordering his men to collect seashells so they could display them back in Rome as the spoils of war. In a victory parade. Yes, he had a victory parade known as the Triumph. <laughs> uh, this was said to have happened in northern France near the present town of boulogne sur mer um, The ghouls, as they were called, man. Gauls? Gauls? Gauls, there we go. Mm. Is ghouls? You said ghouls, those are like ghouls. Ghouls. <laughs> ghouls. But they're the French, right? They're like... They're, the ghouls. Um, they're like the pre... Uh, to the French. I, yes, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I, I, I'm not very good in like very early centuries. Those, yeah. Those dead centuries. Like I think, I think my history picks up from like 15th. Um, so most people explain that Caligula's behavior was just a symptom of his... Madness. Imagine if your boss matches you to the sea and says you're going to fight the ocean. And says, charge. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you do? Yeah. So some historians argue that calling Caligula mad really oversimplifies his behavior. He was probably definitely a narcissist. But it's also said that at the time he was responding to a mutiny. He was responding to like a mutiny of, of sorts. And there was a lot of rumbling about the inability to get shipments in uh, to the Roman Empire because the seas were so bad. And wow. he thought it was kind of like ridiculous. Like, do you guys think I'm in charge of like the seas? You know, so he thought the ridiculous of blaming him for the sea tides he responded in kind by then declaring war on the sea and then declaring victory over the sea. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you respond to that type of like um, situation. I mean, they didn't have things like Wikipedia then. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that is Caligula, the mad emperor who declared war on the sea. <clears throat> I declare war on the sea. You declare war on traffic. You declare war on Lasma. You've declared war on... Sapa. Ah, I declare war on Sapa in Jesus' mighty name, amen. <laughs> I must win. <laughs> I must win that battle. Must win that war. <laughs> uh, do you think some people don't know Sapa? 
Oh yeah, is Sapa, it generational term? I think. Yeah, Sapa is. What does it mean again? Is it? It's an abbreviation for something. Yeah, Sapa means severe absence of purchasing power. Again. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Yesterday, Tim Tai and I were discussing the prisoners that escaped from prison in Abuja. And we're like, how did they find 300 so quickly? <laughs> Tim Tai said they probably wanted to go back to prison because Sakwa Day outside. Probably <laughs> spent five hours in the real world and they were like, no. Um, I'm, I'm going back to Body House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let's move on to two really, really psychotic people. Actually, I'm going to argue that Mary Toft wasn't psychotic, but maybe she was experiencing some type of psychosis. But let me not spoil it. Let's move on to Mary Toft and Tarare. Mary Toft is sometimes spelt Tofts, like with an S, and Tarare is sometimes spelt like Tarar without an E. Um, if I mess up any abbrevi- um, pronunciations, I'm really sorry. A lot of my sources are written, so I don't know how these things are pronounced. Last week, I realized I kept saying Felix Roland Mumi instead of Felix Roland Mumi because there is an accent graph at the end. So if I do mess up any pronunciations, just please bear with me. But also, please correct me because someone corrected me about the pronunciation of Mumi. So... If you catch me mispronouncing a word, I love learning. So please feel free to correct me. So which one do you want me to start with? Giving birth to rabbits or eating a 14-month-old baby? I think we should just get the ugly one out of the way. So let's go into the baby. Okay. So the first source I saw about Terrar the Freak starts with this Mark Twain quote, which is one of my favorites. Truth is stranger than fiction. But it is because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities. Truth isn't. The thing about Terrari's life is that it is well documented and it is impossible to believe. So he was born near Lyon in France in 1772 and displayed an abnormally voracious appetite from birth. By the time he was a teenager, he needed to consume at least his own body weight in meat every day and had been cast out by his parents who were unable to feed him. Forced to survive, he would take to begging and stealing with bands of thieves just so he could eat before he joined Travelling Charlatan and became some type of roadshow sideshow, performing feats on the streets of Paris by eating stones, corks, whole baskets full of apples and even live animals he would eat live animals he's described uh, again don't eat for this part (laughs) it was said that tarar was slim and average height at the age of 17 he weighed only 45 kilograms what yes Okay. He was said to have unusually soft fair hair and ab- abnormally wide mouth. His teeth were heavily stained. His lips were almost invo- invisible. When he had not eaten, his skin would hang so loosely that he could wrap the fold of his skin from his abdomen around his waist. This is so horrific. But when full, his abdomen would distend like a huge balloon. The skin of his cheeks were wrinkled and hung loosely, and when stretched out, he could hold 12 eggs or 12 apples in his mouth at the same time. 
His body was hot to the touch and he sweated heavily. They said he constantly had like foul odor and it, he smelled so bad that you could not stand near him. Actually, one source says that you could not be his foul smell could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces wow and then he would smell worse after he had eaten so he'd smell before he ate and then he'll smell worse after he also suffered from chronic diarrhea which probably didn't help the fact that he was smelling and they said his diarrhea was so foul sorry do i have to be here for the rest of this um Let me just leave the room. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm running through this. Like, I'm not said well. He ate live eels. He ate mm. like live animals, l- like stray dogs and cats. So then he's traveling around, and the military hear about this. The French Revolutionary Army were like, "Well, if you can eat anything, do you think you can eat boxes that have secrets written inside of them, and then journey over enemy lines and?" deliver poop them out and poop it out disgusting he did it and the messages survived so um his very first assignment which unknown to him contained only a dummy message as a test mission led to his capture and torture by the prussians and they didn't believe him like he was like oh um so they captured him and they're like why are you doing like are you a spy blah 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 he didn't say anything for a while um but after some like time he finally confessed that he was a spy like he was carrying a message in his stomach because he can eat anything so they put him on this like stool to poop the message out and he was like i'm carrying very important french uh, secrets and like when he pooped it out it was found to just be a dummy message but then there's another source that says he pooped it out and then he quickly ate the poop and the box right back up wow so then they like yeah so then they were going to like execute him but they decided not to um execute this execute him but after this he returned back and he went to a hospital and he was like you guys please help me like i can't live like this i feel really bad for him because like obviously this is not someone who's well physically but then is he also mentally unwell because why would you eat lizards and cats and snakes and puppies and a live eel I think even a cooked eel is disgusting. He crushed the skull of the live eel with his mouth and then just swallowed it whole. Okay, so he went to the hospital and all these doctors were trying to figure out any possible cure for his appetite. They tried giving him laudanum. They tried wine vinegar and tobacco pills. They tried large quantities of soft boiled eggs. Nothing would suppress his appetite. Efforts to keep him on any kind of control diet failed and he was sneak out of the hospital to fight stray dogs for carrion in gutters, alleys and rubbish heaps. Um, he was also found attempting to eat the bodies in the hospital's morgue. So some doctors started press- pressing for him to be sent to a lunatic asylum because they were like, this is not just someone who's hungry, this is somebody who's mentally unwell. Um, but a particular doctor called Dr. Percy thought it was just a hunger problem. And if the hunger problem was solved, then his mental disturbances would also be solved. But then one day, a 14-month-old child 
in the hospital goes missing and they're like Tarare um have you seen any kids about did you eat the baby yeah um he did yeah he said to it to me he did not admit to it but investigations found he had eaten the baby my don't it just after that um he was expelled from the hospital he died about 4 years later in 1798 of advanced tuberculosis and executive diarrhea <clears throat> apparently his corpse rotted so quickly that the surgeons in the hospital refused to dissect it and the smell was just like abnormally horrible at his autopsy they were found that his gullet was abnormally wide when his jaws were opened surgeons could see down a broad canal straight into his stomach um his body was found to be filled with pus um his liver and gallbladder were abnorm- abnormally large and his stomach was enormous and covered in ulcers and his stomach was found to fill like most of his abdominal cavity like you know your stomach is usually just not that big but his stomach took up a lot of space he actually believed that um he was dying because at two years earlier he had eaten a golden fork and he thought it was lodged inside of him um but they didn't find the fork so yeah i i tried to run through that as quickly as possible and i promise you i did not tell you the most some of the most disgusting things he did Jeez, i think people can do their own research at this point yes so that's terrari the freak terrari the hungriest man who ever lived apparently there's a polish soldier who exhibited similar symptoms known as charles dormery and another man called michel lotito a french entertainer known as monsieur manchtout which means mr etol um i i didn't read up on those people cuz honestly i'm scarred from terrari uh but if you if you wish to you can so let's go to mary toft Mary Toff's story was so uh, jarring and bizarre that they stopped serving rabbit in the restaurants of London for a while. Mary Toff's was an English woman from Goldeming, Surrey. I've actually been to Goldeming. I haven't. Her story first came to attention in late October of 1726 when reports began to reach London that a peasant woman had given birth to rabbits. Yeah. The poor woman Mary Toff was about 24 25 years old. She was baptized Mary Denia um and then married a Joshua Toft who I mean had two children. So what happened is that Mary was pregnant. She was heavily pregnant but as a poor peasant woman she was forced to work in the fields during her pregnancy and she had a miscarriage. This is the truth of the issue. It's like she had a miscarriage. But a few days after she had a miscarriage, she was complaining of uh, painful complications and um she went into labor on the 27th of September. Her neighbor was called and watched as she produced several animal parts covered in blood. Over the next few days, the man midwife delivered three legs of a cat of a tabby color one leg of a rabbit guts of a cat and then 
she fell ill and a few days later delivered more pieces of rabbits so her story became widely known and um actually i think actually i should give a brief historical background before this period in english history births were handled by midwives right um Mm -hmm. who were women who worked on practical knowledge but medicine was becoming really popular and so were doctors and physicians men were like we're the doctors we're scientists we know everything so we should be in charge of deliveries so at this point in time in british history you move from having midwives to what was then called a man midwife and so a lot of the man midwives i.e like doctors who were visiting mary toffs don't really know much about pregnancy or birth or women yeah there was a prevailing belief that you could see an animal or experience something and it would imprint upon your baby so like if you had a baby with a flat head it's because you like saw a frog and it imprinted upon you so they were like could an actual animal like a rabbit have imprinted upon her and then made her like give birth to a rabbit so um actual physicians were convinced and the f- and uh, including a surgeon who was a member of the court of king george the first who went to go and see what happened for himself and he came back and he was like she delivered a rabbit and king george the first was like that does not sound right so then he sent another swiss surgeon he sent a swiss surgeon who was part of the royal household nathaniel saint andre to go and visit mary and see what happens king george the first surgeon so this is obviously one of the best in the country he goes and he says i have taken or delivered the poor woman of three more rabbits all three half grown one of them a dun rabbit the last leaped 23 hours in the uterus before it died as soon as the 11th rabbit was taken away up leaped the 12th rabbit which is now leaping if you have any curious person that is pleased to compost may see another leap in her uterus and shall take it from her if he pleases which will be a great satisfaction to the curious if she had been with child she has but 10 days more to go so i do not know how many rabbits may be behind i am sir your humble servant john howard you are sir an idiot so okay 17th century just does not seem that far away for people to actually believe this well I feel like it was just I think it was just a time in the world where everyone, everyone was trying to be open to new ideas. How new? I mean the 17th century wasn't Sorry, that 18th the, century, 1700, 18th century. 18th century, let me see. I mean it's around the time of the industrial revolution. Um things are happening in the world though. And it's coming it's coming off of the 17th century which is the age of reason. So I mean medicine is trying it's probably leaping bounds and people are hearing about all these new things and I mean the, the most important thing to be a scientist at that point in time is listen anything can happen let's see where this goes so you know I like how thoughtful and like nice you're being about this absolute ridiculousness the swiss surgeon had the sense to um investigate the rabbit parts that were coming out of the woman okay. and he found in the belly of one of the rabbits like straw and hay which meant the rabbit had eaten and been outside um he found that the rabbit was not cuz the rabbits were hairless so they thought maybe they were being crushed as they were coming out of her uterus 
but he found that they were being cut with a man-made instrument like the limbs were actually cut this guy realizes that this is a hoax the public it becomes like a huge thing in england uh, there was a lot of public mockery because it becomes a scandal essentially yeah it becomes a huge scandal and medi- the medical profession takes a hit it ruins the careers of some prominent surgeons who believed in this and like spoke in her favor and the affair was like highly satirized satirized oh thank you for knowing english the affair was highly satirized and especially by William Hogarth, who was notably critical of the medical profession's gullibility. She was then arrested. <laughs> Imagine if you're in magistrate's court that day, or if you are the magistrate that they bring this woman in, because you're just like, what do I charge her with? She didn't defraud for money. No. She did not... Uh, it wasn't well there was an animal uh, cruelty in the 18th yeah, century she just lied. so she um, just lying isn't really a crime it's not like it. a crime because she, she didn't write she didn't lie to any anybody. law official no, no she just here. no she just like was wilding so they, must, they, must have just they kept her for a while and then they released her without charge and returned her home Aww. but and obviously she was just branded as this like crazy woman um she gives birth like a year later which i find incredibly incredible because like i'm surprised like was there penicillin back then like i'm about well, she didn't get an infection or anything yes like putting animal in you animal parts in you. vaginas are so sensitive so it's just animal parts cats to the point that they didn't even know the color of the cat that means there was some fur rabbits multiple types of rabbits for multiple days yeah i mean i'm Glad she didn't you can't even sleep in your swimming suit these days. Like, one <laughs> Mary Tufts was made up, but that was a strong woman. Yeah. Anyways, she survives this medically okay. But what some historians have argued, and of course, female historians, because we're the ones who think beyond what is presented to us. Because she had suffered such a late and gruesome miscarriage. It might have scarred her and she might have entered a stage of psychosis. It's quite possible. And um, dead hairless rabbit pieces covered in blood probably look like what the placenta um, that she had to have given birth to um, while in the fields by herself. So this could have just been like a mental grieving um, and psychosis kind of uh, experience. So... She's the. I mean, it's. it's a, you know, you can't say what grief can do to someone, but out of everyone we've spoken to today, Mary Tuft is like the most understandable, and if I would argue, is the most understandable where that could come from. So yeah, um, I'm. I'm sorry if I spoiled your lunch or breakfast, um, dinner. <laughs> or dinner. <laughs> I hope you ate before the episode, and if you ate, I hope you could keep it down listening to this episode. Um, that is our episode for today. That is a weirdos from the 18th century and from 40 BCE. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, if anyone has ever told you you eat too much or you're crazy, you're not the first. So you will surely not be the last. Thank definitely you. not the worst. <laughs> you're definitely not the worst. Thank you for rocking with us. Um, this has been Two Truths and a Dirty Lie. I'm Dez. I'm TMT. Have a lovely, lovely week. Ooh, please, please.
please subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment. Follow us on social media. At the Dirty Lie Podcast on Instagram. And rate us on Apple, please. It does so much for us. We work really hard with the research um, and combing through random stories in history to bring you guys these weirdos. Um, So please leave a comment, a review, share this with your friends. And uh, that is our episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a lovely week.